Shalom, today's daf discusses the beauty of B'nai Tzioin. More got it to about the Churban, what the, the final straw on the camel's back, the last story that caused the Gzaradin of the Churban. And then we go back into the halachas of our last Mishnah about buying from Sakrikon. These bullies would force uh, property from people. And at what point does the Chazak actually transfer? Um, how much is this revia, this quarter that needs to be paid? We begin with Rabbi Bar Bachanam Rabbi Yechanan who tells us that there were 40 boxes of tefillin found on the heads of the Haruge Beitar. Rabbi Yana, Rabbi Shmuel says that we're, there were actually three boxes of 40, so 120 of them. We have a Bryce that also says 120, and they're not arguing. There was 120 tefillin shal roish, and 40 of tefillin shal yad. Rav Asi says that there were 40 kav of brain matter uh, uncovered, discovered on, on one stone. By Bayez Risha, and Ula says it wasn't four, it was nine kav. Rav Ghana says maybe it was Rav Shila Bar Mori. When the Pasuk says, Bas Bovala, Shaduda, Ash, Sheshalam Loch, Ash, Shechazini Pesas, Ulalayah, Al Hasela, it's referring to this incredible massacre, the tragedy in Beitar. Next, the Gemara brings the Pasuk of Benetzion, Hayakorim Hamesuloim Bepaz. The precious Benetzion that are beautiful, that are like jewels. What does it mean that they're Bepaz in jewels? Some say that they wore jewelry. But you can't say that because the Biryani says that that wouldn't be what the Bnei Tzion, what Klai Yisrael stood out for, for their jewelry, because Rome wore half the jewelry that was given into the world, and the other half was divided up amongst the nations. So the Romans would have been the ones standing out for the jewelry. It must be, rather the Gemara explains, that they were beautiful. The Chashive Rome used to put an, an image of themselves on their bedpost while they're having Tashmish, there's an understanding that looking at some, some, someone or something beautiful can affect the, the beauty of the child born from that intercourse. But afterwards, they used to take Bnei Israel and strap them to the bedpost. There are two stuck in this situation. They said, where in the Pasuk does it say that we would experience this, this bizarre so one said the pasuk of Gam Kol Choli V'Chol Makasha Loikos B'Sefer Atayrazois, included in in the list of all the things that aren't listed in the Tehachah and the tragedies. So the other Bachar responds, "Wow, I must be behind in my learning. Where 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 is that up to?" He says, "Oh, it's it's one and a half columns later." He says, "Wow, if I would have gotten that far, I wouldn't have needed to ask you." And Ben Yoyad explains what this conversation was about. Next, Yehuda Mashmal says in the name of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel that the pasuk of Einai Oilel Lenafshi Mikol Benois Iri tells us that there were four hundred shuls in Beitar. Everyone had, every shul had four hundred teachers, and every teacher had four hundred students. And when the Romans invaded, the children tried fighting them off with their pointers. When they the the Romans finally took over, they wrapped the, these children in their svarim and lit them on fire. 
Next, the Gemara says that there's a story with Yeshua ben Hananya. He was going to a big city in Rome. And they said that there's this child in prison who's beautiful. He has nice hair. So he went and he stood by the entrance of the prison and he said, The Pasuk of Min Nosan Lemeshisa Yaakov Yisrael voices him. And this child responded in that Pasuk. He says that he was like touching up the Pasuk as a response. That the Pasuk is saying, Shemuel ben Hanina said, I, I'm sure that this child is going to be a big Meirah and Kal Yisrael. We'll pay whatever it takes to get him out of here. And sure enough, he, get, he uh, got him out of prison. And shortly afterwards, this child became a Pesach, a, a Godlubi Yisrael. This child was a Bishmol ben Elisha. Next of Yehuda Marav says, There's a story with the son and daughter of Bishmol ben Elisha. They were both captured. And each of their masters had met each other one day. One said, I have the most beautiful slave in the world. The other one said, I have the most beautiful maidservant in the world. And they made a deal that they'll marry off their slaves and split the profit of their children, their beautiful children. So they stuck these, 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 the brother and sister in a room, assuming that they'd sleep together, but they didn't. Each one went to their own quarter. One of them, the, 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 the son was crying. He said, I'm, I'm the son. I'm a Koyin, the son of, Ka- of Kahanam Gedalim. I can't marry a Shifcha. And his sister was in the other corner saying, I'm a Kehenes, the daughter of, of Kahanam Gedalim. How could I sleep with an Eved? They cried the whole night, and the next morning when the sun rose, they, they saw each other, they recognized each other, they fell into each other's arms and to each other's embrace and cried until they died. And that's where what, what Yermia was referring to when he said, Next, Rishlachr tells us a story of a woman named Tsofnas Abbas Paniel. She was called that. She was called Tsofnas because everyone would look at her beauty and Bas Paniel because she was the daughter of a Kohen Godol who used to work with name and she was taken advantage of every night. She should have uh, learned a lesson from her father who was Lefnevelefnim is uh, an Indian of Tznius. But yet everyone was looking at her. After that night, her captives dressed her up in seven cloaks and brought her out to sell her on the market. And one individual who was exceptionally ugly came and said, uh, let me look at her beauty. So they said, no, she's the most beautiful in the land. If you want her, you can buy her. So they said, no, take off her clothing. I won't be able to see her. So they took off six of, of the cloaks and then when they got to the seventh she ripped it off and rolled in the sand and she said if you don't have Rahmanas on us at least have Rahmanas on your holy name on that Yermia said Basami Khigri Sak it doesn't say Allah, it says Alenu, that the tragedies that happened to the clients well happened on to the Rabban Shalom as well. Next to Yehuda Marav tells us that why does the Pasuk say, This is referring to the story an individual who set his eyes on his carpenter teacher's wife. 
so now his, his teacher once needed to borrow some money. So he said, sure, send your wife and I'll, I'll lend it to her. And when his wife came, he stalled her and kept her there for three days. And after three days, he went and met his teacher. And his teacher said, you know, I sent my wife to you three days ago to collect the money, but uh, she hasn't come home. So the student said, you know, I don't know. I sent her back home right away. I saw her that she was playing around with the, the children on the way home, that she was sort of seducing them. So his teacher said, oh, my gosh, what should I do? He said, well, if I was you, I would uh, divorce her. He said, I can't divorce her. Her ksuba is gigantic. I can't afford to divorce her. So the student said, don't worry. I'll do you a favor. I'll lend you the money to divorce her. So he did taka, and the student went ahead and married her. Then it was time for his ma- his teacher to, to pay him back the loan, and he didn't have the money. So he said, okay, so you'll come work for me instead. So him and his ex-wife, his student and his ex-wife were sitting and eating and drinking, and his teacher was waiting on them, giving them to drink, and he was crying, and his tears went and fell down into the into their cups. At that moment, the Xar Din of the Khurban was was sealed. Some say that it was from two men sleeping with an Asia Sish. Now, back in Amishna, we had said halacha about buying a property which had been uh, forced from a Jew that as long as uh, Shimon bought the property from Ruvain before it was stolen from Ruvain then he could go ahead and buy it from the thief from the from the ban- from the brute from the sick coin and then it's valid but if you only bought it from Ruvain afterwards that's not valid now Rav says that that's only when Ruve doesn't say, well, when Ruve just tells him, yeah, oh, sure, it's it's sold to you. But if but if he actually writes a star, then it would be valid even afterwards. But Shmuel says no, even with a star, that wouldn't be enough to show that the Ruve he wants to sell it to Shimon. He actually has to put a chryas on it that if anybody comes and takes the field back, Ruve will give Shimon back his money. We have a price that actually backs up Shmuel because if Shimon Menelazer says. If someone buys, uh, let's say, Ruvain's wife's ksuba, and then he buys it again from his wife, that is a valid sale. The wife is really selling it. But if he buys it from the husband first, so then the wife is just trying to be nice to her husband. She doesn't really want to sell it. It's only a valid sale if she originally sold it. Unless, as if Shemenelazar, she sells it with Achrayas. In which case, even if her husband had already sold it, it's still a valid sale. So that's a perfect riot of Shmuel. It sounds like a bomb kash on Rav. Rav said that just a star is enough, not Achrayas. But Rav would, tell, would say that Achrayas means a star. By writing a star, she's taking Achrayas. That it's a valid sale, that she really wants to sell it. Next, the Gemara says that if you buy, if Shimon buys from the, the brute, from the sick recoin first, and then Shimon stays on this field for three years, well, while Ruvain is still around, and then Shimon sells it to Levi, Ruvain can come collect it from Levi. 
and he c- can't collect a quarter of the value from Shimon. So the Gemara says, what's the case? If he's tining, hold on, Shimon, you bought it from me, then even Reuven, like, he, what's his tining? He didn't, he, he, he didn't get it legally. But if he's not tining that, and he's saying that he did buy it from him, then why does the second Lekech have adding to our case at all? Amir of Shisha says we're talking about where he's not making this claim. Shimon's not claiming anything. They're the second Lekech. But over here, Bezdin is making the claim for them. Sometimes we do that. We do that for Yoshim, for buyers. We make the claim for them. But the first Lekech, if he makes his claim good, if not, then he has no stake. He has no claim on this field anymore. Next, the Gemara tells us, not a Sikrika, an Astama Goi comes and he forces a property from a Jew because of money he's owed or just for free. He steals it from him. He forces it from him. So that doesn't have the denim of Sikrika. And if Shimon buys it from this guy, he has to give it back to Ruvain for free. And then the, the Brahisa adds that if the guy takes it from him from, for free, he has to wait 12 months. Gamara says, hold on a second. I thought he said, there are no halachas of Sikrikan when a guy takes it. And Gamara says, no, you're right. Even a, a Sikrikan who steals a field, he says otherwise, uh, he threatens to kill him if he doesn't give him the field. He still has to wait 12 months until it becomes property of the buyer. Whoever buys it from the Sikrikan. Next, Yosef says, we hold that there are no goyim taking fields from, from Jews for free in Bavel. Aye, there are. No, it means that we don't have the halachas of a goy stealing it in Bavel. The halacha that he wouldn't have to give it back to the original owner for free. Why not? Since there are governors, there's a government there that he could always go to the police and claim it back from the guy who just stole it from him. Since Ruvain didn't do that, we assume that Ruvain was Michael, so Shimon doesn't have to give it back to Ruvain for free. Now the Gemara says, the story of Gidol Bar Re'iloi, he got a, a, a field that didn't have its taxes being paid. The owner disappeared. So he said, you know what? I'll pay the taxes on this property in, in B'nai Bago, and then I'll get to live in the field. I get to get all the, the papers from it. Now the original owner comes back. Now Gidol Bariloi paid for three years. And this guy comes back after one year. So he says, very nice, you paid the first year. But uh, give it back to me now, because uh, I'm, I'm the actual owner of the field. Thank you for paying my taxes. So they went to her papa. And he thought maybe to make uh, the B'nai Bago, the, the original owner, pay back those two years of taxes that he, he had paid for him. Rav Hunabrei, the Rav Yeshua, tells her Papa, if you do that, then you, you're just as good as the Sikrikan, those. Bruce, who, you're forcing him to pay back two years of taxes that he never asked anyone to pay for him. 
So he said, you're right. So Rav Huna said differently. He said that, uh, unfortunately, Gidol Bari Eloi just threw away his money. He's, he's not going to be able to get, it back, get that back. Now, back in the Mishnah, we said that the Bezdin Shel Achorehen said that when Shimon sells the field that he had bought from the bully who took it from Ruvain, so he has to give a quarter of it to Ruvain, a quarter of that sale. Rav says he could either give a quarter of the land or a quarter of the money that he got. So if he sold this field for 100 bucks, he has to give $25 to Ruvain. But Shmuel says, no, he could either give a quarter of the, f- the land worth or... No, he says a quarter of the land is a third of the value of the money that he got. So he'll only have to pay... Uh, he'll have to pay uh, Ru- Ruvain at 33 and a third. More than 25. So Shmuel's being more machmer. What's, what's their argu- argument about? They're arguing on how much of a cut the Sikrikun gives when he resells the property that he just stole. Does he sell it for a fourth less or a fifth less? We'll pick it up from here tomorrow. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.